This is Heart to Heart with Hospice Quinty on 91X. Heart to Heart features important and worthwhile conversations about hospice palliative care and end-of-life issues. Here's Jennifer May Anderson. I'm joined today by Dr. Glenn Griffin, who is a family doctor based in Trenton with a deep interest, education, and experience in palliative care. Graduating from the University of Toronto in 1980, he started his family practice in Orangeville. In 1985, he was the founding president of Hospice Orangeville. He has an interest in medical education and was an associate professor of family medicine at the State University of New York in Syracuse and at the United Arab Emirates University in Abu Dhabi Emirate. He is an adjunct professor of family medicine at Queen's University in Kingston. He and his wife Martha moved to the Quinty area in 2006 and 2020 marks his 40th year as a medical practitioner. Thank you very much for joining us today, Glenn. You're very welcome. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what prompted you to become a palliative care doctor. Um, I first thought about it as a resident trainee in family medicine, um, and it was quite an unfortunate situation that prompted me to think about it, and that was that I watched two patients who were clearly dying in hospital have their lives inappropriately prolonged and uh, watch them also inappropriately tested repeatedly when they clearly should have been allowed to die in peace and in comfort. And I decided then that I needed a better education myself in looking after people that were dying. And uh, so the next opportunity I had for an elective, I went and worked at a hospital where they had a wonderful palliative care physician who taught me a lot about palliative care and was a model for me um, in looking after patients that are dying. And so how have you seen palliative care change um, from that time when you saw something that was not so good and then were able to get some education and some better practices? How have you seen palliative care change over the course of your career? I am hesitating a little bit before I answer because I think what I'd like to say is that I don't think I've seen enough change with regard to palliative care. Um, I think that there has been a change from where where I found it or came upon it when at that time it was kind of a, a fringe um, area of the practice of medicine. Um, there were a few um, very forward-thinking people who were starting to develop the appropriate um, practices and attitudes, um, and um, most people didn't really know very much about it. So um, I, having an interest in it, um, decided to learn what I could about it and, um, and actually helped to establish um, a hospice group um, in the town that I was practicing in at that time, which was Orangeville, Ontario. And how did that uh, come about, and how did people respond to that? I know that the hospice movement in Canada is a, certainly a, a fair bit behind the hospice movement in the UK, uh, and maybe a, a little bit uh, behind our neighbours to the south. Um, but I do know that hospice kind of started to have a bit of a... 
uh, groundswell in the 80s, I think partly due to AIDS. But uh, how was it in Orangeville in 1985 when you were wanting to start a hospice? Um, There were actually two other doctors. I was going to say one, but I now remember that there were two that, that, um, uh, and the three of us worked together to um, establish a hospice group. We didn't have a building, and I'm not I hope they have one now, but I'm not sure. Um, but they do have a very good um, hospice program that works. Um, and we early on got permission to work within the hospital, the local hospital, as well as, as outside it in the community. Um, and I hope they're still doing that. And did you find that the community was very supportive of this? Um, there was certainly no resistance Um um, if anything, what we had to overcome was just a lack of knowledge and a lack of appreciation for the benefits of a hospice movement. I think that what you're saying is certainly what I hear, and I can appreciate you saying that perhaps uh, hospice palliative care hasn't changed that much since uh, you started practicing because Hospice Quinney encounters those challenges every day. Number one, people don't know what it is. People don't know what we offer. People don't understand the benefit. Um, I even have, you know, uh, people saying, oh, hospice care is just for the last 24 hours of life. Um, So it's one of those, I guess I can agree with you that uh, it would appear that uh, there has been some challenge in making some, some progress in that. We are certainly seeing, I think, now some government funding for hospice care, not only in the community, but also in a residential setting. Um, Perhaps you could speak a little bit about the role that a community visiting hospice, like the one you had started in Orangeville, as well as one like Hospice Quinty, what role does that play uh, sort of in the spectrum of palliative care that's available for people? I think it plays a very important role. Um, I think it has um, that there are wonderful opportunities for the kind of program that has been started here, um, and that actually, I guess, it has been in effect for quite a few years, a few, Hospice a few decades. Actually, actually, started the same year as uh, Orangeville, nineteen eighty-five. Oh, eighty-five. Okay. Um, so the benefits for the community um, and specifically for the individuals that need it um, are significant in that uh, and their caregivers actually the um, uh, a dying patient's caregivers uh, often find it um, well some I should say not often sometimes overwhelming um, but it's always a very significant uh, draw on their personal um, and f- family resources, um, and that can be helped by uh, community volunteers from hospice. Um, they can provide um, breaks, respite breaks for caregivers. Um, they can provide uh, expertise in the management of um, of patients that are dying in their homes, um, and um, and support, of course, as well, um, and sometimes connections to other resources that um, that the caregivers and or patient just weren't aware of previously. 
I and think I'm that sure it really is, is a lack of, a, of awareness uh, about what resources might be available to people who are, are finding themselves um, either caring for someone with a terminal illness or are terminally ill themselves. Uh, hospice Quinney is undertaking a big project to build a hospice residence, um, which would have six beds. Why would you say our community needs a hospice care center like that? Um, I think one of the reasons is just to uh, bring the the idea of care in hospice or hospice care in the home even um, to raise the awareness of it. Um, and that's extremely important because if people don't know about it, they can't make use of it. Um, it's certainly uh, the hospice group and especially having a specific location would be very helpful uh, in terms of uh, being a center for education for um, physicians and other caregivers, um, a place where we can share expertise and skills, um, where we can share our ideas support and support each other, um, as well as providing um, what should be better care for uh, end-of-life patients than can be provided in other uh, non-hospice situations. Um, I'm a bit jealous of my own patients. I really enjoy doing it in their home, but that's not always possible. And certainly when it's not possible, there is no better place for them than a hospice. So what kind of patient would benefit most from being able to take advantage of a hospice care center? Uh, patients who don't have sufficient caregiving um, ability availability in, in their homes um, is who I think would, would benefit most. Um, and sometimes even when that availability is present, uh, the potential caregivers aren't prepared mentally or physically to be able to provide that care in the home. Um, I think that's the most important uh, place for it. And uh, it's very important for people that may be in hospital, um, but would actually be better cared for in a hospice environment. Um, that I hope doesn't happen very often, but I think it probably happens more often than we would like it to. I know that that studies show, um, studies that the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association has done, say that when you ask someone, where would you like to spend your last days, uh, you know, between 70 to 80 percent of people say that they'd like to spend their last days at home, and about 67 percent of Canadians spend their last days in hospital. And it's, uh, you know, I think it speaks to your answer that perhaps hospice palliative care hasn't changed that much, that uh, only between 16 and 30% of Canadians even have access to any form of hospice palliative care. So even though we might think in Quinty that uh, we're lacking a hospice residence and want to build one, by having a, a vigorous visiting community hospice, we are providing services that many Canadians don't have access to. Yes, I agree. And uh, and. I do feel that it is a, a really important um, service to provide in the community. 
So what would your dream, since you've, you've said that things haven't changed that much, I'm assuming that uh, someday you might want to retire, even though it seems like you're going going strong. Uh, what would your dream be or what would your ideal situation be for hospice palliative care? It's certainly ideal to have a hospice building with beds for patients to be looked after at the end of life. Um, And I think that is what the hope and dream is, um, and that is to have, I think, a six-bed hospital built um, in the area. Um, And and I'd like to have the other part of the dream, I guess, would be to have... um, a much greater awareness in the community overall among healthcare providers and uh, families and patients uh, of what palliative care and hospice care is and to know that we do have availability for this in the area. And I just don't think that there's enough knowledge at the present time. I know that one of the things that I, I hear a lot and I've made it my personal mission at Hospice Quitting. I hear a lot, I wish we'd known about you sooner. And I would like to really eradicate that. I find it shocking that we all know who to call when we find a stray dog, and we have no idea who to call when we're facing a terminal illness. I really would like that to change, not that we want fewer people knowing where to call for a stray dog, but that we have many more people knowing who to call for help with dying patients, whether they're at home or, or in the hospital. And I think that's important, too. I'm glad you just added that, that Hospice Quintees uh, volunteers, they will visit in hospital in long-term care at home, so it really doesn't matter where people are. I want to thank you so much for giving some of your time to us today, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Learn more about hospice at hospicequinty.ca and listen for Heart to Heart regularly at this time on Alternative Radio 91X.